My name is Ty French, and these are my rants. Welcome to Ty Rants. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Ty Rants. My name is Ty French, and these are my rants. T-G-I-F. Happy, happy Friday, everyone. We are back, 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 back again on regularly scheduled programming once again. Thank you so much for your patience with me. So sorry about the last few weeks. I know the scheduling has been really off, but Wednesday's episode went up a little late. I know maybe some of you guys went to... Listen to it early Wednesday morning, but it went live in the afternoon, so maybe you guys haven't had the chance to listen to it yet. My full Guatemala recap went live Wednesday afternoon. Go listen to it. It was a really fun episode. Um, I I meant to record it Tuesday night and have it up for you guys, but I was a zombie. I was literally a zombie. I have been a zombie all week, just reacclimating to normal life. I was thinking even... You know, just like if I had any other pop culture things that I wanted to talk about today. And it's so, (laughs) this is so dumb. Like, I don't know, what am I, Gandhi? But I feel like when you go on a vacation, that's just like so magical and such an adventure and is so busy and you're out of the country, so you don't really have service. So I was, I felt so disconnected And I was just like so in the moment. Like I literally don't even think I scrolled Instagram at all. I barely, I literally didn't open my email or TikTok, nothing the whole trip. And now I'm just better than everyone. I just feel so like, oh, I don't care about pop culture. I am just, I'm so above that. You know, I've, I've, I've seen the world. I'm cultured. I've experienced what it's like to, you know, be disconnected. (laughs) So needless to say, this week has been, um, you know, about reacclimating myself into normal society, into, you know, pop culture. And I have to really stem up to give a shit about anything that's happening other than my gorgeous memories from Guatemala. So I've just been in a reacclimating era this week. Um, I, I was gone for so long, so I had so many shows to catch up on. I don't even think I'm caught up on everything. Um, Drag Race, I was two episodes behind. Beverly Hills Housewives, I was two episodes behind. Traders um, on Peacock. So I've just been literally watching TV all week, which is exactly what I needed after being away for so long. I literally just needed to veg out. I am not proud to say, obviously, I haven't gone to the gym. Like, hello, let's use our brains for two seconds. But I've just been a vegetable little chunky monkey this week. I literally had Pizza Hut for lunch today. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't look like those Coachella pants are going to be fit into anytime soon. Let's be honest. Um, And I mentioned on Wednesday's episode that I felt like I lost 10 pounds on my trip. And then I've come home and I've literally eaten McDonald's and Pizza Hut because I've just been so lazy. The last thing I want to do is go to the grocery store. And when I'm post-mating, like... I don't want to post made a salad. That's so boring. I need carbs. I literally felt like I did not eat for a week. And 
so, you know, I just, I was craving some just American carb food. And that's exactly what I did. I told myself I'm giving myself until today. And then, you know, I got to get back on the grind. Um, even though I literally go to <laughs> Napa Valley tomorrow. Um, I'm going to Napa tomorrow with my friend Nick Mackey, um, this wine brand that I've worked with before called Orin Swift. They are opening, oh my gosh, not me not being able to breathe. Maybe I shouldn't have had that pizza for lunch. <laughs> Shit. Um, anyways, I also just had a cough drop because I'm trying not to cough and I feel like it made my mouth really, you know, slimy. So if I'm feeling extra, that's fine. Anyways, I'm going to Napa with my friend Nick Mackey um, just for the night, just Saturday night. Um, this wine brand that I've worked with before called Oren Swift is opening their new like tasting room and stuff. So we're going for that. And then we're, we're testing out this other winery that this PR company works with and stuff. So I'll obviously tell you guys all about that next Wednesday. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I've only ever been to Napa before for like weddings when I shot weddings back in the day, back in the day. But yeah, this will be the first time where I'm just going to enjoy and see the wineries and hang. It'll be fun to get dressed up. I'm going to wear one of the outfits that I wore in Guatemala because I didn't get a photo in it because the tequila was a little out. So yeah, it'll be fun. I... <laughs> I'm glad it's wine and not tequila because tequila needs a weekend away. She needs to shut up and get out of my face. Okay. I literally felt like I've been on a 12 week, I mean, 12 day, I mean, 12 week, literally, but 12 day bender. And I, I was looking forward to a semi chill weekend, but it doesn't look like I'm going to get that. It does not look like that's going to happen. I'm going to be just drinking wine, vibing. Um, I'm going to watch Drag Race tonight at my friend's house. So, yeah, stay tuned for if we go out after. Oh, my gosh. It's just so hard being booked and busy. Everyone wants me. What am I going to do? I'm being called to go over there, being called to go over here. Tequila, come on, come on, come on, come on. It's, you know, it's hard. It's hard being just really wanted. And <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. I'm so stupid. I'm so annoying. Anyways, how's everyone else feeling? I I feel so like disconnected from you guys because I feel like I I just haven't I haven't sat down recording forever. And I don't know. I just I I I literally feel like I have to reacclimate to be a podcaster. I haven't posted on the Thai Friends, uh, I mean the oh my gosh, not me calling it the Thai French podcast. You guys, you guys, I'm so out of commission. I haven't told Oh my gosh, you guys. I haven't posted on the Tyrants Pod um, Instagram in ages. Like, I'm fired. I'm literally fired. I quit. But yeah, I don't know. So send me a message. Let me know how your guys' this weekend is going. I miss you guys. I'm excited to get back into the routine of things. Um, I've got, uh, I'm going on Girls Camp Pod um, with Haley. I will be on her podcast on Wednesday, this upcoming Wednesday. So if you guys want to hear um, that, make sure to check it out. She's coming on my podcast soon. I don't know when the episode is going to go live, but I'll keep you guys posted about that. The episode that we recorded for hers is so funny. We were reacting to confessions that either current Mormons or previous Mormons or ex-Mormons had sent in. And so it's a lot of people, you know, hooking up. And maybe where they shouldn't have been hooking up, you know, missionary stories, all this stuff. And so it was really, really funny. So Wednesday, go 
keep your ears out for that. Girls Camp. Haley is awesome. I'm obsessed with her. Her podcast is amazing. You guys should go listen to it. Um, I've been on it before. But the last episode that I did with her was like way more serious. It was about like me growing up Mormon and gay and all that, which you guys have obviously heard. But um, yeah, this was definitely a little bit more lighthearted and funny. So I'm excited for you guys to hear that. And next Friday will be totally random. So if you guys have any totally random thoughts on your mind lately that you want Jose and I to discuss, send me a DM on Tyrant's Pod and we will add it to our queue. This is going to be a very shocking bit of information that I'm about to share with you guys. I don't think I've seen Jose since the last time that we recorded Totally Random. And the next time that I'm going to see him is going to be when we record Totally Random. Like, that is not okay. I can't even tell you the last time, if ever, there's been a full month where I haven't seen Jose. So this is crazy. Like, <laughs> when we record Totally Random, you guys are going to get a fresh, hot off the press. We're going to have lots to discuss because I literally haven't seen him in a month. And that's not okay. So, yeah, let me know if you guys have any totally random thoughts that you want us to discuss. But anyways, today, it is Friday. It's not the second Friday of the month. However, last Friday was the second Friday of the month, and it was supposed to be French Tips. Like I said on Wednesday's episode, I had actually recorded an episode. It was very short. It was a 30-minute episode, and I just literally forgot to post it when I was in Guatemala. So it wasn't that great of an episode. It was nothing groundbreaking. It was in between Aspen and Guatemala, so I was definitely a little tired. So I decided I would just redo it. And instead of skipping it this month, I would just have it be this week. So it's time to go to the salon for some French tips. Okay, the first client at the salon says, I hate my bestie's boyfriend. Rat King, only you can fix this problem I have. My best friend and roommate has a boyfriend who absolutely sucks. He's rude to all her friends including me, is very controlling of her and has totally isolated her from all her friends. I love my friend, but she happens to be the most non-confrontational person I have ever met. So she has never really said anything to him. And even if she did, I know he'd talk her out of being upset about it. I don't want this to be the end of my friendship with my bestie, but the guy is just so horrible and rude to me. The worst part is, is that me and the guy used to be super close before they started dating. But since then, it's been nothing but negative interactions. What do I do? Okay, my little tyrant. So if you've been friends with the guy before, before they even started dating, mama, you got a voice. You got a voice. You got to stand up for yourself. Screw your friend. If your friend is going to be non-confrontational and doesn't want to say anything, you say something to him. This doesn't have anything to do with you and your besties relationship. I mean, obviously, in a perfect world, you would want her to stick up for you and you would want her to not put up with that type of interaction with her boyfriend. But if she's just non-confrontational, you can't expect that of her. You need to just go right to the source and be like, excuse me, you little bitch. You actually can't talk to me like that. And you're being so rude. Just when he's being rude in the moment, catch him on his bullshit right then. Be like, um, excuse me? You're going to talk like that to me in my own home. You're going to speak to a woman like that. What is your issue? What is your issue with me? What have I? What did I ever do to you? You need to literally confront him and he is going to be so gobsmacked. He's going to be so mind blown that you have the balls to stand up to him. He's not even going to know what to do. And I bet you he's not going to do it again. And if he tries to retaliate and then, you know, gets in an argument with his girlfriend, then his girlfriend can be like, well, you know, you're not really that nice to him. And you guys used to be friends. Like, why are you so rude to them now? You kind of are an ass to all my friends. Like, that'll kind of give her an entry point to start the conversation. But if I were you, oh, you bet your sweet ass I'm going to say something to him. I'm not going to let anyone talk to me 
rudely or be rude to me. I don't care if it's my best friend's boyfriend. I also think you don't have to completely like lose your friendship with her, but you might need to distance yourself from your bestie just a little bit for her to get a taste of what life is like without you that if she doesn't stand up for you, like you have to put yourself first and you're going to have to distance yourself from her friendship. Anyways, I hope that helps my little tyrant. Thanks for coming to the salon. The next tyrant at the salon says, I think my friend's boyfriend is gay. <laughs> hey, Ty, help. Also, this might be a little rated R. My friend recently told me her boyfriend is having trouble finishing in the bedroom. They've been together for five years and he's never been able to finish. He always goes to the bathroom and has to watch a video to finish, but he won't tell my friend what it is that he's watching. She suggested him going to a doctor to see if something is wrong or if there's treatment, but he refuses. He also is a little flirty with his guy friends, like tickling their knees and being touchy. Should I say something to my friend about this? He has some yeehaw conservative parents, so I'm wondering if he's scared to come out. I would never out him, but... I don't know if this is something she has thought of. She talks about getting married to him and having kids one day, and I don't want her to be upset. Help. <laughs> mm. Um. Okay. Wow. There's a lot of thoughts I have for this situation here, okay? Like, because I, 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 <laughs> I think even if, he was a homosexual. Then I think he's if he if he could get it hard for for a gal and they're already being intimate. I I don't think the finishing would be the issue, right? Cuz I'm thinking, you know, I'm already hard. I'm already I'm already there. I'm already I mean, yeah, wow, gosh, this is R rated. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry, tyrants. Um if I'm already, you know, having intercourse with a woman, even though I'm a homosexual, I think I could probably reach, you know, the final destination, as they would say, because I'm already there. You know, when you're at the party, you might as well drink. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. So that that instance makes me believe that, you know, maybe it is medical. Maybe he does have, you know, an issue, low testosterone, something. But the fact that he 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 goes to the restroom, he he removes himself from the party and he goes into another room and 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 has a party in that room. That is suspicious. That is weird. And also, what? Like your your friend has been with him for five years, and he's never been able to go to the finish line. Every single time he's going into the bathroom to finish and watch a video? Jail. Absolute jail. Regardless if he's a homosexual or what. If he has, you know, a health issue or whatever. You need to break up with him immediately. Because if you are in a partnership and it's been around eight years. Okay, say he's got some weird kinks. He's got some fetishes. Okay, great. If we're going to be together and get married and we've been together for five years, you're going to have to let me know. Because guess what? I'm not getting pregnant if you're going in the bathroom and you're finishing. Okay? And if you are a homosexual, great. That's fine. We support gays here at Tyrants, obviously. But I don't want to marry a homosexual man. I mean, I do, but I don't want your straight friend to. So it's it's not even the fact that, you know, 
he he isn't able to go to the finish line. It's the fact that he has to watch a certain video and he does it in another room and he won't show you what the video is. That is suspicious and you need to break up with him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's not okay. If he's not, because relationships are all about, especially sexual, sexually active relationships are all about communication. So you've been together for five years and he ain't never gone across the finish line. Ma'am, 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 ma'am. I don't care if that man is a homosexual. I don't care if he is watching people. <laughs> oh, I forget. I have children listening to this. I got to watch what I say. I don't care what type of video he's watching on that phone. It's the fact that he won't show you, won't tell you. And it's like, if you need certain things in order to, you know, go to the finish line, let me be involved. That's what partnership is about. That's what sex is about. That's what relationships are about. So I'm so sorry to your friend, but um, that, oh, and then plus, I mean, you, 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 you include the, the guy friends and the tickling of the knees and being touchy. You know, I don't like to assume people's sexualities, but. I'd probably bet money on the fact that this man is a homosexual and is just too scared to come out because of yeehaw conservative family members. And so I think she should break up with him. But I don't even think it's because of the homosexuality that they should break up. It's the lack of communication in their sexual relationship, in their intimate relationship. That's a big no-no in relationships. And you Come on. The, what Relationships are hard. Relationships are hard. One of the very few good things that get out of a relationship is a good gang, gang, not a good gang bang, a good bang bang here and there, you know, some sexual intercourse. And if you're not even getting that, you have to, you have to lie there naked on your bed while he runs into the bathroom and probably watches some scary ass pornographic video. And crosses the finish line in a tissue and then flushes it down the toilet and then comes out of the bathroom and back into bed with you. Absolutely not. That deserves jail. That deserves jail. And I'm so sorry to all my young listeners for that completely rated R <laughs> French tip submission. Okay, the next time we're at the salon says, Hi, Ty. I'm Muslim. By the way, the holiday that we celebrate is called Eid. Oh, okay. So she's saying this because... Um, in the Christmas episode with Jose and I, we were curious because we know obviously about like Hanukkah and Christmas, but we didn't know what other religions celebrated or if they even did celebrate, you know, anything around the holidays. So thank you for filling me in. Muslims celebrate Eid. It's pronounced, it's pronounced Eid, but it's spelt E-I-D. Wow. The more you know. Um, Okay. In our religion, as girls, when you get your period, you start wearing a hijab, a.k.a. a headscarf. A lot of Muslim girls don't wear it, but my mom and sister do. I've always thought it's beautiful, but I personally don't feel ready for it just yet. I'm in high school, and although I'm pretty late for my age, I haven't got my period yet. My mom's always saying things like, get ready for your period so you can start wearing your hijab. And I'm like, "Mm, I kind of don't want to wear it right away. I told her this, and she was like, you know what? I don't want you making me the enemy, and I'm not going to say a thing when you start. But she also said things before like, why can't you just be easy like your sister and just wear it? I know that if I start late, I'll be a disappointment, but also it's my life. And although tomorrow isn't guaranteed, I still have the rest of my life to start wearing the hijab. The more she nags me, the less I want to wear it at all. It feels like my love for it drains away when she bugs me about it. Any advice at all? Okay, first off, I just want to say I love that I have some Muslim tyrants out there. I love you guys. 
Your guys' religion is so beautiful. Your guys' culture is so beautiful. Jose and I went to Abu Dhabi. I've been to Abu Dhabi three times. I've been to Dubai twice. And I, you know, obviously the Middle East has its qualms, you know, especially with like women and homosexuality and stuff. But um, there is so many beautiful parts of it. And yeah, I've, I've always had a good experience going there. So I just want to say shout out the Muslim tyrants. Um, anyways, wow. It's, it's really hard for me to comment on this. A, I'm not Muslim. Two, I... I don't know much about the hijab and the significance of it, but what I can comment on is obviously growing up in a religious household and having, you know, different beliefs or different timelines as your parents. And I just think you have to stand up for yourself and communicate to your mom. Like, listen, mom, I love the hijab. I love our religion. I love everything, whatever. But every time you nag me about it, you're making it less and less desirable for me. So you need to let me do this on my own timeline. Religion is so personal. Your relationship with your deity. I don't know if Muslims believe in God. Your relationship with your higher. Um, wait, what do they what do they call God? Um, shit, I know this. I know this. I know this. Allah. Yeah, Allah. Your relationship with. Um, is it Allah? Anyways, your relationship with you, with your higher power. Um, it's just so personable. And your relationship with your religion is so personal. And I think it's all about communication. You just have to let her know, like, listen, this is my body, my choice, my relationship with my higher power. And I don't want you to ruin it for me because that's like with anything. It's like, you know... You only want to start drinking when your parents tell you you can't drink. You only want to start cursing when they say you can't curse. And so it's it's kind of like that. It's like if they're forcing you to do something, obviously that thing is becoming less desirable. If anything doesn't feel like a choice, then you're obviously not going to do it. So I would just be communicate. I would be open with your communication with her. And I would not feel any sort of stress or guilt for starting late because who cares? That is your body, your choice, your relationship. And I think it's beautiful that you are even excited to wear it one day and that you, you know, are steadfast in your beliefs. So it could be a lot worse. You could be like, F this, I'm out of here. I'm not doing anything like this. Bye, 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 bye. Like I did with my religion. I was like, hostile wig muchacho, see you later. I don't want anything to do with it. And so your mom's got to give you some credit, okay? But anyways, I, I I don't think I helped you at all, but I hope that just eased your soul a little bit and, you know, helped you. I don't know. Thanks for coming to the salon. And I love you. I love you. Next client at the salon says, Hi, Ty. I need help deciding if I should go for this guy or not. I've always thought he was cute and he finally liked me on Hinge. I haven't matched with or responded to him yet. The funny thing is, is that he knows my dad much more than he knows me. And the same goes for me and his mom. LOL. I don't want to make things weird since our families will continue to be connected, but ultimately both our moms would be overjoyed if we went on a date. Thanks, King. XOXO, a proud tyrant. Ma'am, if you don't go on a date with this man immediately, I'm going to smack you across the face. It is so hard out here in these streets to date and to find a good man. If you already know he's a decent human, you know his family, you know his parents, he knows your parents. Um, hello, this is literally a match made in heaven. You need to go on this date immediately and there's literally nothing to lose. 
The worst thing that could happen, you go on a date, it's awkward. You guys laugh about it at family get-togethers. He, he, ha, ha. Nothing bad is going to happen. Tessa, my best friend, and her boyfriend, or, <laughs> her boyfriend, goodbye. They've been married for 10 years. Her husband, their families were longtime friends. Her parents were best friends and similar thing. Like he was always just, you know, the kid around at family parties and stuff. And then eventually one day they just like went on a date. And now look at them. They've had this love story written in the stars and it's so cute and it's so amazing. And they have the most beautiful daughter. And that could be you. Okay. And you're only holding yourself back. And there's so, that's like, that's how most people meet, especially back in the day. Back in the day, it was like everyone was just marrying each other's kids and each other's, you know, friends and this, that, cousins, blah, 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 blah. So that's, you're, you're just going back in the olden days. You're, you're just getting a throwback. You got to go on a date with this man. You're going to get married. You're going to have four children. You're going to name one of them Tyson. And you're going to ride into the sunset happily ever after. And I need an update. Also, he already liked you on Hinge. So you already know he's kind of interested. You already know he's thinking you're a cutie. So what are you waiting for? I'd be I'd be pouncing at this opportunity. You need to go on this date and you need to send in an update. But thanks for coming to the salon. The next time we're at the salon says, I got hit by a car. Cool. Hey, Ty, for starters, I love, love, love you in the pod. You absolutely make my day every time I tune in and I can't wait to hear what you have for me. As the subject suggests, about a month ago, I came pretty close to death. Long story short, I was on a run through my neighborhood and got hit by a car going 40 miles per hour. Quite literally, roadkill. Awesome. Thankfully, I was not paralyzed or seriously injured. You should have seen the car, though. LMAO. I'm currently in the middle of figuring out my life again after the accident. I have amazing friends and support, but it seems like everyone just kind of forgot. I can't stress enough how grateful I am to not be in a wheelchair right now, but that's literally all people have to say to me when I'm talking about my experience. I feel super effing weird and existential and people just assume that I'm perfectly fine now. I also feel extremely guilty because it's like, why do I want pity? Is that bad? How do I stop feeling like this? Any advice on trying to feel like yourself again after a significant event would be greatly appreciated. Thank you, Rat King. Ma'am. Ma'am. If I got hit by a car going 40 miles per hour, do you not think... I would complain about that every day for five years. I get up here on this podcast and I complain when my toenail gets cut too short at the salon. If I got hit by a car going 40 miles per hour, I would have to quit the podcast because people would be so damn annoyed at me because I wouldn't be able to shove it up about it. Oh my gosh. First off, I'm so glad you're okay. Jesus Christ. Second off, you literally... Went through life changing. You went through a life changing event. Like you'll never be the same. Also, this was only a month ago. It's not like this happened a year ago and you still can't get over it. A month ago, ma'am, you need to seek a therapist immediately. Not only physical therapy, because I'm sure you're still in a lot of pain, but you need to seek a therapist immediately. Because, yes, while you don't need pity, you do need the people in your life to recognize that the person who who you were before you got hit by a car is a different person than after the, the incident. That is just going to change a person for a while. And you're going to have – you haven't even said the thick of it. It's only been a month. You're probably going to go through PTSD every time you now get in a car or you're on a run or you're on a walk by yourself. Like you're going to have in the back of your head – this fear 
and this anxiety, even if you're not feeling it, you know, like at the forefront, but it's going to like build up. And if you don't have people helping you and talking you through this and letting you feel how you want to feel now, that's going to blow up into something later, whether that's into physical pain that it, you know, turns into or literally a psychotic break. So I would just sit down at least with like the people closest to you in your life, if that's your parents or if you have a few close friends and just tell them how you feel and be like, listen, I really, really hate to be like this and I'm not looking for pity at all, but I am looking for a safe space in order to communicate and talk about how I feel after this huge life altering thing happened to me. And I do feel like it would be helpful to go to therapy to have someone that is dis disconnected from you that can really peel back what it is you're still struggling with and what this accident might have stirred up inside of you and really help you get to the bottom of it. Because I think it's hard for friends like for me, whenever I have a friend who goes through something really hard, my my immediate reaction is to not say anything about it. Like obviously, like all you know, if someone close to them passes away or whatever, you know, I'll give them space to grieve and I'll like you know mention it here or there, whatever. But I I kind of my mentality is like I never want to trigger someone. If someone's having a good day, because it's like a relationship or anything, a breakup, a death, anything that you have good days and bad days, like I'm sure you do. And if you're having a really good day and then someone, you know, rubs your shoulder and is like, oh my gosh, how are you doing since the accident? I heard and oh my gosh, are you okay? Are you sure? And you were having a good day. And then all of a sudden you're like, cool. Well, now I'm thinking about it and I'm sad. And, you know, if you're you know, recently divorced or this, and then they bring it up all the time, all the time, you never want to be the person that's always bringing it up. So I understand how some people, their coping mechanism is to literally just like revert and not say anything. I've always been the type of person who were, I want to give my friends the energy that they know they can talk to me, but I don't want to pry into their information. And sometimes I think that can come across like where you're at, where you're like, hello. Does anyone want to talk to me about this situation? Everyone's just going to act like everything's okay. You know, people might not want to trigger you. And it it's a really uncomfortable subject to maybe bring up. And they might not think that you want to talk about it. So I think choose three of the people closest to you in your life and be like, listen, I don't need pity. I don't need you to, you know, cater to me. But I really, really could use a safe space where I know when I'm feeling low or I'm just in a funk, I can come to you and I can talk to you about this thing that happened to me. And I'm sure your friends or your family or whoever you tell is going to be like, oh my gosh, of course. Talk to me whenever you need and I'll be here for you. I'm sorry. I did not know that it was still affecting you like this. Yada, yada. But like I said, I think it also would be beneficial to go to a therapist and get an outside perspective because your friends are only going to be able to help you in their peripheral vision you know they're only going to be able to see how it's affected you in one way to where a therapist might be able to really help you walk through that but oh my gosh I'm so so sorry that you went through this I'm so glad you're okay and gosh I I really hope that you you feel valid in your feelings in still not being over this trust me trust me if that happened to me oh my god 
my friends would never hear the end of it. So I pray that you find peace and I'm happy you're okay. Thanks for coming to the salon. The next tyrant at the salon says, I need some advice on staying confident with myself as my body changes and I gain weight. I am someone who loves to be cute and have so much fun with fashion. And I truly just find that with a slimmer figure, a lot of things just look better. Obviously, though, we all know the struggle, especially as I started my adult job and I am overall just more of a stay at home rat. How can I be cute and fashionable and confident at the same time when I just want to be a string green bee? <laughs> Love ya and would die for this pod. Girly, 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 swirly. You are speaking my language. You guys know I've not been feeling the most confident with my body and fashion when <sighs> that's a tough thing. When you're into fashion, it does play so much on weight. Obviously, all the fashion magazines you see, every runway you see is just like these teeny tiny people. And clothes, high fashion clothes are just made for models. Like they're not made for people with curves. I can't even imagine how hard it is to be like a, a curvy woman um, and the rep representation that you don't have. And I, I even this is like, the, the oh, my God, I'm literally like blowing my brains out. I can't even believe I'm comparing it to this. But like even... <laughs> When I was in my super fit era and I was like getting really muscular like two years ago in COVID, um, all my clothes just did not fit me well. Like I was dressing like Harry Styles, like wide leg pants, you know, pearl necklaces, tight shirts or whatever. And I looked so stupid because I just had like bigger thighs and muscly and it was just not cute. Now I have the opposite reaction. I'm I'm no longer like super, super skinny and I'm not like fit. And, you know, it's just like, yeah, like I, I can't be the sexy little Twinkie Troy Savon outfits anymore with my belly out. It's just not cute. But I think you can be sexy no matter what. Being sexy, confident, fashionable, that is a mindset that does not have a body type. It doesn't have a figure. It doesn't have a price tag. That is literally just like who you are. And I think there's many ways to play on that. Like find what makes you feel the most confident. Like obviously you're going to have your problem areas or your things that fluctuate or things that make you insecure. Like right now, my my lower belly is my thing that's making me insecure. So obviously I'm, you know, maybe more into oversized fashion these days, into baggier denim jackets and stuff like that. But that doesn't mean I can't like, be fashionable would be cool. I can't layer up or do this. And I'm not saying like hide your insecurities, but I think there, there are things that you can do to challenge yourself to build an outfit off of the things that you feel confident the most in, you know, like if you feel like you have really good legs, like play into that, look into, you know, sort shorter skirts, short shorts, whatever. I don't know. So I don't even know if that helped or if that was even advice. I think really my advice is just that being cute, being fashionable, being confident, all of that is a mindset. It has nothing to do with your weight. It has nothing to do with your body type, your size, your curves, your hairline, your freckles, your moles, nothing. It literally is nothing. It is all about your effort and your energy that you're putting into your look and into your vibes and into your confidence. There are people out there that literally only shop at Goodwill that, you know, walk the street and I'm like, oh my gosh, you look like you are straight off the runway. And they're like, oh yeah, this was thrifted. These were $20. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm wearing head to toe Gucci and I look like a big ass bitch. So it's all about the effort that you're putting into it and just play with it. Don't be afraid to experiment and get funky with it and look up inspo, find people 
online and influencers and on Pinterest of people that have similar bodies to you or similar hairstyles or, you know, that's the whole beauty of Instagram and of influencers is being able to be inspired by each other and get inspiration off of each other. So it doesn't hurt to find an influencer that, you know, looks a little similar to you or is your same size and see how they're styling things, see how they're wearing things on your body type and get inspiration from them. Anyways, I hope that helped. I love you, Tyron. Thanks for coming to the salon. Okay, the next time at the salon is a little bit of a long one, but we're going to get into it. Hi, Ty. I've been an avid listener since the beginning, and I just love you and your content so much. I'm currently typing this out mid-cry, so I'm in desperate need of your advice. So, a little backstory. I'm in college, and I've had my fair share of bad experiences with guys, but this just tops the cake. I've been talking slash hanging out with this guy at my school since mid-September. Everything was great. We both play sport at our college, and we live in the same apartment building. Back home, we only live about 30 minutes away from each other. We were hanging out pretty regularly. Like, one night, I would go down to his apartment. The next, we would stay at mine, back and forth. So we saw each other pretty much every day. We never put a label on anything, but it seemed pretty self-explanatory. Oh, I might add, he expressed interest in me first. We had been hanging out for about two to three months, and at this point, when his roommate came up to me and told me, He has a girlfriend. I was so shocked. I didn't even text him, call him, speak to him, nothing. He then texted me to come over one night. So in true tyrant fashion, I said, oh, are we going to have a threesome with your girlfriend? (laughs) Maybe a bit out of pocket, but the opportunity presented itself. Anyways, Christmas break came and went and we didn't speak to each other for about six weeks. He then texted me about five days ago saying we needed to talk. Reluctantly, I said yes, so he came up to my room and basically told me that he broke up with his girlfriend because he wanted to be with me. I know most people would be mad when I say this, but I genuinely did believe him. I genuinely did like him a lot, so I said I'd be willing to try again. Well, 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 could I be any stupider? His roommate, again, looking out for me, came up and told me yesterday that he definitely did not break up with his girlfriend. Seriously, shout out to the roommate. I haven't confronted him yet, nor have I told his girlfriend anything, considering I do not know her. But don't worry, I did find her on Instagram. Basically, what I need help with is, one, do I tell his girlfriend anything or just let karma run its course? And two, how do I get over feeling like I'm just never enough for a guy? I feel like there's always another girl or I'm not getting treated like I should. Or I just keep picking the worst possible men ever. So sorry if this is the world's longest submission, but I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Love ya. Tyrant. Tyrant. I went. You deserve so much better than this bagel ass, ugly, smelly, stupid little biatch. I'm telling you, this makes me so frustrated that you are feeling like that. I I don't even have words. Like this is so gross. First off. <laughs> Yes, karma runs course. Also, I'd tell the girlfriend. Sorry about it. Sorry about it. If you're going to ruin my life, I'm going to ruin yours. I don't give a fuck. Because guess what? Yes, maybe if you were adults, you're 30 years old, I'd let karma run its thing. Ma'am, you're in college. You're allowed to be petty and you're allowed to message a girlfriend and be like, "Mm." so I've been hooking up with him for this long and seeing him every day. And he told me that he broke up with you. And so I got back together with him. And now I find out that you're not broken up. No, this man needs to be taught a lesson. Karma is not strong enough for him. You are. You need to literally put the pedal on the metal and ruin his life. Seriously, shout out to the roommate for just helping you out. But 
I really do. I would tell the girlfriend, honestly, I would 100% tell the girlfriend, karma is not enough for this bagel ass bitch. And do not feel like you are never enough for a guy. Ma'am, you are in college and I know that's like not that long ago. I'm not saying I'm so much older and wiser than you. Trust me, I haven't had the best track record with men. But this too shall pass. Men in college are literally the scum of the earth. Literally, men have to go to college and experience the real world and, you know, figure out if they are a decent human being or not. And it sounds like this man is not. But don't let that be a reflection of you and your soul and your identity and your worth. This bagel ass bitch who was probably a loser in high school comes to college and has one taste of freedom and starts banging every single girl on campus. That is not a reflection of you and your worth and your soul and your energy. And no, 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 no. I'm not going to allow you to feel like you are not enough over this bagel ass bitch. And you're going to DM the girlfriend right now, today, and you're going to tell her. And you don't have to be rude about it. You don't have to be sassy. You don't have to, you know, make a big scene. Just be like, hey, girl to girl. I'm a girl's girl. I hate when people say that. But just be like, hey, I'm a girl's girl. And I found this out. Trust me, I had absolutely no idea that you guys were together. I I, I just thought you should know. And then let the house burn down. See you later. Hasta luego. Muchacha. Okay? Anyways, I hope that helped. I love you. Thanks for coming to the salon. The next tyrant at the salon says, Hi, Ty. I need your advice and your French tips on becoming overly confident and serving cunt. As someone who's an overthinker, I tend to overthink about what people are going to say about me. But at the same time, I don't care what people have to say to me negatively. I feel like if I wear some clothes that make me cunty and hot, I would get negative feedback on my outfit or my appearance in general. Here I am asking, what does it take for me to absolutely stop overthinking about what people say to me? How do you do it from experience? I would love to know your French tips. Okay. My my philosophy for being overly confident and cunty, especially when it comes to my clothing, is I'm only going to take advice or commentary from people I admire. So if you dare step up to me in a bagley ass, raggedy ass, heinous outfit from the old Navy and Aeropostale, and you dare say something negative about my absolutely cunt worthy, gag worthy of an outfit. It's not going to register to me because if I would not wear your outfit, then of course you're not going to wear my outfit and you're going to think it's negative and you're going to think it's gross. But I wouldn't wear your outfit and I think you're gross and disgusting. So I'm not going to let that get to me. Why would I accept the opinion of someone who I do not know and do not respect and have no, no uh, <laughs> desire to be in communication with whatsoever? Now, if I walk into a room and Tezza tells me that my outfit is fugly, then I'm definitely going to take that to heart because that's someone that I admire and I admire their fashion sense and I know what she knows what she's talking about. But that's that's the only people that are allowed to critique your looks. And that that is where you're going to get this confidence from because you're going to realize that the the bubble of people that you 
share an ideology with that you would respect and actually admire their thought process of your outfits and your clothes is so small. And so you don't care. Like you're not wearing the outfit or you're not serving cunt for any of these bagel ass bitches that you see on the street. You are serving cunt for yourself and for the 1% of people that you actually know will appreciate your outfit. And let me tell you, people are addicted to confidence. And so if you are out there serving cunt and you are just serving a look, even if people don't like your outfit or may say negative things about your outfit, if they see you, if they see you so confident and so happy and just exuding so much joy, that's what they're going to that's what they're going to enjoy. That's what they're going to feed off of. And if they don't feed off of that, then A, they have bad taste in your outfit. And two, they also are jealous of your confidence. So you just have to soak in your own confidence and realize that like serving cunt and being overly confident is for you, the girls and the gays and the days. That is all it is for. And anyone else who has anything negative to say is a jealous bitch. (laughs) And they don't get it. And if you get it, you get it. And if you don't get it, you don't get it. So I hope that helped. But love ya. Thanks for coming to the salon. Okay, the next tyrant at the salon says, sorry, long, but I think it's an important topic to normalize. Okay, first of all, love the pod and you. Second, buckle in for this wild ride. You know some of this from a DM, but I have an update and need advice. Trigger warning, pregnancy loss. I think talking about this needs to be more normalized. About three months ago, I started dating the most amazing guy. First guy in a really long time that I've been able to see myself with long term. About two months into seeing each other, let's call him Ryan. I find out I'm pregnant. And what's worse is I don't know if it's his or another guy I was still seeing before me and Ryan were exclusive. Ryan decides to stick around and play the dad role, even though he knows it may or may not be his. Even though his family knew it may not be his, he invited me to their home over Thanksgiving. Normally, I wouldn't meet someone's family so soon, but special circumstances, you know. He's amazing through everything until we decide for me to not continue the pregnancy. I'm struggling with this decision because I wanted the baby, but I just can't commit to having a family right now. Ryan acts totally normal and is so supportive and sweet until yesterday, two days after the pregnancy ended. All of a sudden, he needs some space. I'm giving him space, but I don't know if I should continue the relationship. He all of a sudden needs support while I'm grieving the decision we made together. Is this fair of him to do? Should I wait around to decide if he wants to continue this relationship? Doesn't seem fair for him to play house with me for so long and take me home to his family and then all of a sudden go so cold. Sorry this is so long. Thank you. Lots of love. Oh, I just want to give you a hug. Uh, uh, I'm so sorry that you've been going through this. And I I think that is such a hard decision, I'm sure. I'm sure you guys thought through all the scenarios and that is totally okay if you realize that you are not ready to have a family right now that is totally fine and it sounds like he was supportive of that and you know I think it's so hard for me to say because I'm a guy but to me and my brain as a man the the idea and thought of starting a family and having a family even though yes you're not the one physically pregnant like it is a lot of responsibility and it is so exciting and fearful and all the things at the same time. And so the fact that he signed on to be there with you through this experience and then for that to no longer be following through, 
I personally think it's normal for him to maybe just need a, a beat. It just needs a second to to think about what just happened. That was a huge decision in both of your guys' lives that you guys had to make together. And maybe he just needs a second. And I wouldn't make any rash decisions immediately off of that. But I do think that it's in times of hardship and, you know, when emotions are high in high stakes like this is when you really find out if you guys are meant for each other because you, when you're going through something really hard, you should want to be with your person. You should be comforted by your person. And this should be something that you guys are working through together and getting through to the other side together. And if he is reclusing and wanting to be by himself and needs some distance, then that might be a sign that maybe this isn't the right thing. And that might be a blessing because you guys were only dating for a few months before you found out you were pregnant. And that's not that long. So maybe this is just a sign that maybe he's not the right one. And I don't know. This is so, so hard. I I I don't even know what to say. I think there's no, when it comes to abortion, miscarriages, you know, anything of that nature, I think, and this is like, I, I have no experience with this whatsoever. So I'm just speaking from if, if I could imagine being in that situation, I just don't think there's a right or a wrong answer. Honestly, I think it's such an emotional thing. It's something that no one can prepare you for. And it's a case by case situation. You can say, oh, well, when my friend did this, her boyfriend did this. It's like, okay, well, this is such an intimate personal decision and everyone has different reasons why they got to this decision and everyone's situation and circumstance is so different. So I really think it's hard for me to give you advice other than to just say, you have to give people space when they say they need space. But I definitely don't think that means you should just be waiting around to see if he decides if he wants to continue this this relationship. You got to do what is feeling right for you. And if this is a red flag for you, then take that for what it is. You have a good intuition and if this is, you know, a red flag for you, which I think it would be for me, then, you know, maybe take a step back. And if in, you know, a little bit of time he he comes back and is, you know, all in again and is just saying he needed space, then I think you should definitely, you know, consider starting this relationship again because I don't think it's worth it for to just throw it away. I think it's healthy to maybe take space after after something like that, but I don't know. Gosh, uh, please DM me an update. I I hope you're doing well. I'm sending you a big hug and I love you. Thanks for coming to the salon. The next time at the salon says, "Help! I just got a new job that I've been working really really hard for. I have my associates and will have my bachelor's at the end of December, but with this new job high up in the corporate world, I'm feeling major imposter syndrome." Obviously, I'm qualified for the role since I was selected from many applicants, but I just feel so nervous. Tips for imposter syndrome or stepping into a new role that feels out of your league. Love you, Mama XOXO. Mama, Mama, you are qualified for this role. Don't let nobody tell you that you're not. Don't let your inner saboteur let you feel like you're an imposter in this situation. You went to school for years for this role. And let me tell you, if there's one thing I've learned, Being an adult, being out here, especially being in LA and being in the creative field, no one knows shit. 
No one knows anything. No one is qualified. Everyone is an imposter. That is life. Life is literally faking it till you make it. And shocker, let me tell you, you never make it. You're just constantly faking it. You're constantly trying to get higher. And we're all imposters in our life. We're all, life is literally a game of monopoly. <laughs> Money's fake, jobs are fake, whatever. Like you went to school for this. You've got the training, go for it. Like wh what more could make you more qualified? Like you literally, I'm not kidding. Just being in LA, being a creative, like everyone out here is just faking it until we make it. And that's really all you can do. And you just got to go in with full on confidence. The, the, the theme of this episode is honestly confidence. I'm just needing my tyrants to just be confident, okay? So don't be nervous, please. Obviously, a little bit of nerves is good. You want to be nervous for things. Being nervous is like, you know, you want to be nervous for a first date. If you're not nervous for the first date, you don't want to be there. If you're not nervous for the job, then you don't want it hard enough. You know what I mean? Like being nervous is such a beautiful thing and a beautiful feeling. And I feel like it's a feeling that we don't feel a lot in life anymore. And not like nervous, like obviously I feel like nervous and anxiety are two different things, but the older you get, I think the less times you feel nervous. Like I said, not anxiety. That's different. I feel anxiety every day, but <laughs> like you want to feel those first date nerves and you want to feel that, that new job nerves. And you always want to feel like you're going into something that's could turn into something so beautiful and that's bigger than you. And that that's what life, that's what makes life so exciting. If you were stepping into a job that you dreaded, that you were not excited for, that you felt like you were too good for, that was below you, ew, gross. That's how people literally hate their lives and end up, you know, freaking cheating on their wives because they're so bored. No, you want to feel like you have room to grow in a role and that you are the imposter. You want to be faking it until you make it. You know what I mean? Because that's what's going to make it exciting. So anyways, I'm really excited for you. Congrats on the job. Thanks for writing in. I love you, my little tyrant. Okay, this is going to be the last tyrant at the salon today. I want you guys to go enjoy your beautiful Friday, your beautiful weekend. But the next client says, Hey, beautiful, stunning rat king. I have a submission for French tips. Here it is. I'm going to graduate college and I'm really, really wanting to move to California. I'm currently living in Nebraska, which really doesn't match my aesthetic, but I have such an amazing group of friends and family here that I love so much and I would hate to leave. I'm scared to move somewhere where I don't know anyone, but I know I would just thrive living in Southern California. And the cost of living in Nebraska is so cheap compared to anywhere in California, so I'm torn. I would be living comfortably in Nebraska, but paycheck to paycheck in California. Any advice on what I should do or tips to moving to a new city alone would be so appreciated. Love you and love being in the rat kingdom. Tyrant, Nebraska isn't going anywhere. Nebraska isn't going anywhere. Your group of friends isn't going anywhere. Your family isn't going anywhere. If you have a dream to move anywhere, whether it be Southern California, New York City, anything, do it. Because if you do it and you realize it's too expensive or you don't have any friends or this or that or the other thing, you can always go back to Nebraska. They will always be there. You'll always have something to fall back on, but you will never have this time in your life again where you're young, you have nothing holding you down, you don't have kids, you're not married, you don't have a super successful job that you can't work remote. 
Now is the time to take risks in your life and you'll never know. And you don't want to live your whole life regretting or wondering what your life could have been like if you would have moved to California out of college. So if that's something that you want to do, you got to pull the plug and you have to do it. Seriously, I am the biggest advocate for moving out when you're young and just risking it. Because guess what? Like I just said in the last the last French tip submission, literally life is monopoly. Like it's all fake, <laughs> literally. Like capitalism is fake. Everything is fake. Everything is just like we're playing one big game. And money will come and go if you manifest it. And if you really want something, and if you really want to live in California, like you will make it work. People always say living in California is so expensive. Obviously, yes, it is. When I moved to California, I didn't have a dollar to my name. I don't know what I did. I don't know how I did it. But look at me. I've been here for 10 years and you just make it work. I know people that live here that literally make no money and somehow they just make it work. Like it just happens if you want it. The energy here is contagious. People are so supportive and so creative. And literally you could come live here for a year, have an amazing summer, have an amazing time, live by the beach, make new friends, and then go back to Nebraska, live a more comfortable life. You want more space. You want to be by your family, yada, 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 yada. But at least try it and at least come for the experience, for the stories, tell your kids 100% you have to move out here. You have to move out here and maybe find one of your friends who would maybe want to come and take the risk with you. And then having roommates always makes things a lot cheaper. So I believe in you, my little tyrant, but thanks for coming to the salon. Thanks for writing in. Guys, thank you so much for writing in, all of you. These these submissions were all over the place, I feel like, but that's what I love. I love when they're not all like relationship or all job or all whatever. I love when they are a mix of things. And today I felt like they were perfect. So If you guys have anything you want advice on for next month's French tips, they go live the second Friday of the month. So email me podcast at tiefrench.com and maybe I'll read it on the podcast next time. But thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. We are back to regularly scheduled programming. I will try to be on my bullshit. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for letting me enjoy my Guatemala trip. I hope you guys all have an amazing weekend. I'm going to have so much fun in Napa and I can't wait to tell you guys all about it next Wednesday. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.